Hello, hello, friend. Welcome to the Book Drop Mic, brought to you by Ink Veins, your source for book publicity, promo, and press releases. This is, of course, your host, Jason Wright. And in this episode, I bring to the mic one of the buzziest writers I know. Is that a word? Buzziest? It is now. <laughs> it is now. She is so buzzy. Her name is Sarah Eden, and she has got so much to share on this episode. Sarah, how are you? Welcome. Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You're buzzy. You're so buzzy, Sarah. <laughs> I should just be known as the Queen Bee. You should be. Oh, I like buzzy. that. I like that. <laughs> it's my new nickname. Sarah, we're going to talk so much about the great things you're doing. Um, I always <laughs> like to start with just you. Who are you? Tell us about yourself. Well, like you said, I'm Sarah Eden. I am an author. I have written at this point and uh, written and published 73 um, books. My most recent came out at the beginning of December or December, September. I'm a little ahead of myself. I had two books released simultaneously. So that was exciting. Um, I write historical fiction and historical romance. And I'm in the process of everyone cross your fingers getting a movie made. So got fingers and a lot of pies right now. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of cross fingers, a lot of pies. We'll talk about uh, the movie here in a minute. But that is actually one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on now. Um, and not wait is because of of this crowdfunding campaign that we'll talk about. 73 books. I think about the stuff <laughs> I've written and I cannot wrap. I think I'm at 19 and I, I cannot wrap my head around 73 books. And by the time people are done listening to this episode, it'll probably be 94. <laughs> I was say, I do have two more before the end of 2023. So my <laughs> that number's going to go up. My heavens. And so the the genre primarily, what are we calling these now? Proper romance? Because that didn't really exist in yeah, publishing, um, what, 10 years ago, did it? Yeah, proper romance was like the name given to a particular line with the publisher. Wholesome romance is another one. It's essentially, I describe it as romance with Jane Austen level heat, but not a Jane Austen retelling i mean i guess it could be but that's kind of the best way to describe it to people that it's that level of spiciness so it's still romantic it's still love stories but it's something you could read out loud to your kids and not be concerned about what they were learning (laughs) yeah right 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 it's not it's not 50 shades of gray exactly it kind of sits closer to the other end of that spectrum yeah right 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 so it's interesting that I think there's this huge market for, well, you know, there's a huge market for this, yes. obviously, based on your success. Um, and that's what's made you so buzzy is that this market is only growing. One of the things I hear from readers occasionally is that while they want clean books, clean fiction, or clean movies, or clean music, they don't want to sacrifice quality for it being clean and family friendly. Right. Do you hear that sometimes? Because that's certainly not the category you're in. You're writing both quality and clean. But do you see that risk where maybe the market has been, and I see it sometimes on Amazon, even with the things that I'm competing against, where there is a fair amount of content that's coming out that is, quote unquote, family friendly, but it's not all that great. Just because it's clean doesn't mean it was necessarily worth publishing. Right. And I think that's probably true of just about any subgenre. You're going to get some that's great, some that's not so great. Uh, the, the trick with the romance genre in general and this particular corner of it is it's such a huge genre in terms of what's published. 
Um, romance has been the best selling um, genre worldwide for I think it's 60 years now. Like it's, it's just huge and there's lots of it. So the sheer quantity means that even if the percentage of not so great offerings is the same as other genres, the numbers are enormous. And so I think it leads readers, especially in romance, to be very wary of whether or not a book's mm-hmm. going to be well written. And because romance is so often synonymous with things that are spicier and things that have a little more of that heat, um, anything that varies from that will come with additional caution among readers. So I do think it's in some ways a harder sell because there's that concern that it falls outside of the norm. So I'm worried that also means it falls into that category of not as well done. Mm. Um, But when you find a romance writer who can write incredibly well in that Jane Austen spice level, that's an incredible thing because building romantic tension, building tension between characters without having that aspect of it to lean into takes a lot of finesse. And when it's done right, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely harder to do. There's no doubt about that. Um, And I've heard some filmmakers say the same thing, that to make a really compelling um, a family drama or a thriller or whatever that's that's PG or PG-13 is is tougher than than R-rated material. So if you're an aspiring writer and you're listening to this, don't just come to the market with your idea that's clean. It's got to be good too, right? Let's let's, let's raise the bar. So I'm going to tell an embarrassing story about you and you probably okay. remember this because it's probably happened to you a bazillion times. But I was I was at an event last year. I was on tour out west, and I was in. I'm ninety three point four percent sure that it was uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho. And I was in a bookstore, and I overheard two employees that had been assisting a little bit with the event had kind of wandered over by the fudge of all places. They were talking about fudge. I don't remember that. <laughs> But one of them talked about how excited she was that she was not going to be working the night that Sarah Eden was coming to the store because that meant that she could come as a fan. <laughs> and so I went over and said, ooh, do tell. Give me give me details. And so they both, but in particular, this one young lady talked about just how much she adored you and your work. And I said, you know, it'd be super fun to just get her on the phone. And she kind of laughed like, ha, 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 ha. So I. And maybe this is coming back to you now because it's probably a year ago. But I walked around the corner and I called you and you ended up FaceTiming with this young lady. And she stepped back into the back of this bookstore, just fighting the tears. And she was red and just flushed and excited and <laughs> starstruck. And you gave her so much of your time and you were so generous to let her gush about you and your work and her favorite Sarah Eden novel. And and I I think before I left, she had made uh, a monument to me in front of the store with my name on it because I connected her <laughs> to her all-time favorite author. That's happened to you before, right? Um, to an extent, yeah, in, in different ways. I think you're the first person who's called me from his own book signings <laughs> to say, hey, you want to <laughs> talk to someone? I've had people FaceTime into mine, which is really fun too. But no, that was great. I remember that call. Her name was Corinne. Oh my and goodness. Good I met for you. her at my signing afterwards. And she told oh, me how she and her group of friends reminded her of a group of friends in my books. So I then uh-huh. sent her a packet with some swag, but also a letter written to her friends from this group of characters in my books. And oh yeah, my so heavens. It's, it's been wonderful. Oh. So I'm 
so grateful you made that call because it was wonderful to connect on that level with somebody. I love that. That's so cool. And people that have listened to me and followed my work for a long time have heard me say many times that I really just write books to meet people. They're just an excuse to get out into the world and to connect with with other humans. And it sounds like there's a little bit of that in you too. That's so cool. The fact that you remember her name just blows my mind. So we'll make sure that she is that she is listening to this. Okay. So tell us about the newest, the latest, the greatest release. Why do we need it? Where do we get it? All right. Well, I could go through, which one do you want to know about this year? <laughs> I actually um, had two releases at the beginning of September. Um, the One of them was the last book in my Dread Penny Society series. It's a wonderful Victorian era mystery um, type of, of tale about a group of authors who fight crime on the streets of Victorian London. And it's just a rip-roaring good time. Lots of mystery, some romance, a lot of humor. Um, so that one came out. And alongside that came a companion book, which is a collection of stories written in the style of the 19th century penny serials. Um, as if they are being written by characters in this series. So it's a gorgeous book. It's full of really fun stories. Um, I have a lot of people who have loved the stories in it that are specifically for children and have enjoyed reading that to their kids. And then there are others that are more the gothic romance that was popular at the time. So it's a variety of stories. It's a whole lot of fun. So the former title is The Queen of the Nave. Is that right? Yes. That's okay. the uh, fifth and final book in my Dread Penny Society series. Well, I and did then the other one is the Dread Penny Society Complete Penny Dreadful Collection. So many words, so many books. Yeah. So your Amazon, <laughs> your, your Amazon page is fantastic. There's so much content there. So I did it's, a yeah, little snooping really around. Long. <laughs> you, you know, you get you do get pretty good reviews, Sarah Eden. I did a little hey. snooping today, and uh, yeah, it, you have a very and it's you know you see some names pop up over and over again. There are people out there that are buying and reading every single thing you're writing. Isn't that just unbelievably rewarding to know that there are people out there who have been following you long enough that trust you and your craft and your ability to tell a beautiful story so much so that they don't need to read the jacket copy or the Amazon description because when they hear, oh, Sarah Eden has a new book out, they just go buy it. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it's, it's wonderful, especially because I like to jump around in time periods and kind of types of stories. They all fall under the historical and historical romance umbrella, but I jump around to different eras and times and places. And to know that I've reached a point with many of my readers where, they'll, where they will trust me to make that leap is wonderful because then we get to learn about more places and more people and more times. And, and I love that. I love that they'll come with me on those journeys. Yeah, it's so much trust. It really is. It's oh, it is. When, when people open their 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 pocketbook, their wallet, their Apple Pay, their Venmo, whatever it is, and support right. the things that we create without necessarily knowing even what's what's coming, um, other than that they're going to expect something that moves them and inspires them and entertains right. them. That that's pretty remarkable. Okay, so before the interview began, and we hit the record button, we were talking Kickstarter. And yes. this is the reason why I really wanted you on now was because you are in the middle of a Kickstarter for a film adaptation. Tell us about it. 
Uh, yeah, we uh, have just recently, if you're listening to this, the beginning of October, uh, mm-hmm. launched a Kickstarter to um, to help with the budget of and prove that there is an audience for a movie adaptation of my novel, Seeking Persephone, which is the first in a, you know, a whole series set in the time of Jane Austen. And we're approaching this in kind of a unique and exciting way. We're doing it totally independent of the Hollywood studio system. And by doing that, I, as the author, get to be very deeply involved in the creation of this movie. Most readers have seen movie adaptations of books where they almost didn't recognize the story that they were seeing or experiencing. It had been changed so much or the things that made it beloved were changed. It just, it wasn't what they loved initially. And a lot of times that happens because authors are usually cut out of the process Mm -hmm. of that adaptation. So instead we're doing it independent and I am one of the executive producers. I get to be a consultant on everything from script to setting, to casting, to costumes everything to help make sure the heart of this story remains true to what it is. And that in the end, readers will get a wonderful adaptation of this book that they not only will love, but can watch with their entire family, because that is what the book is. And that's what we are determined the movie is going to be as well. So exciting. Let me tell you, there is uh, nothing quite like seeing something that began in your mind at three in the morning, whatever it might be play out mm-hmm. on, on the big screen. And I, having had this experience with, with Christmas jars can tell you, I was in a a situation where I, I did not have a great deal of like legally, I didn't have a lot of leverage, but because they wanted me to be really supportive and they were really generous, they bent over backward to let me have some involvement. And I'm so grateful that I did. And I hope that you'll be able to say this when you're done with this project, but I can say that I saw Christmas jars, the film and thought this is better than the book. And that's a pretty unusual thing for a writer to say, but I genuinely believe that they took something lovely and made it even more so. And do you suspect there's a chance that will be true with seeking Persephone? Well, I don't know better, mostly because I haven't ever seen any of my books adapted that way, but I think we are going to hit that same level of just uh, loveliness and appeal that we have, but because it's a different medium, we get to tell it a little bit differently, which I think will offer people different insights and different glimpses. We're actually taking two scenes that got cut out of the book and we're adding them into the movie. Mm. So you're going to get additional insights into this story and into these characters. So I have complete and total faith it's going to be just as wonderful. And if it's even better, then I will be just, I will be happier about that than anybody. We have a great team put together. So I have the highest of hopes for it. I think it's going to be really incredible. So, and um, this is a little bit unusual, but really cool. You've got a couple of actors attached already who are very passionate about the project. This is Mm -hmm. clearly not just a paycheck for them, but an opportunity to be involved in something that matters. Do you want to tell us about them at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have our two our two leads. So um, we have Jake Stormone, who's going to be playing the part of the Duke of Kilder, who is the male main character in this. Um, he is absolutely perfect for this role, which is what you want. But like, legitimately, he is. Uh, when we, I was first looking at his, you know, his audition and his previous work, 
I was hoping I would at least be happy with it, but I walked away saying, we can't do this without him. He's just, he's perfect for the role. He has great acting range, but he also, he's read the book many times. And as we've discussed the character, he gets him and he kind of, he understands him. He knows this, this character. Like I can trust this character who's kind of, you know, your characters become your babies. You're a little protective Mm -hmm. of them can trust him with this role. He's acted in a whole huge range of types of movies. So I don't feel like there's anything we could throw at him that he wouldn't be able to do. He's, he's going to be remarkable. And our, um, female lead is Ryan Bailey. She's playing the part of Persephone. Um, She has a really large uh, credit of stage work, which I think is actually a neat aspect to this, to bring someone in who's done a lot of work on the stage. She's also done work on film as well. She has quite a great resume, but she's been amazing in this. When I first got her audition, because it's done over video now, which, you know, not being in film industry, I didn't know that, but it makes sense. I watched it a few times and I kept thinking, I know who she is. Where have I seen her? And my husband's the one who put it together. We had only a couple weeks earlier seen her in a stage production of a Jane Austen (laughs) novel. So I'd seen her act in this era, in this type of role, and I knew she was going to nail it. And that's exactly what's coming out of this. The more we work on it, the more perfect it feels. And both of them are avid readers. So they get that when you have a beloved book that's adapted for film, you have to keep the heart of it intact. And they're just as dedicated as the rest of us to doing that because they're also readers. It's it's the perfect combination for, for these two characters. And it's so funny. You would think that all actors creators would be readers that is not true i have a lot no, of friends it's not it's, that it's are interesting right yeah yeah absolutely it doesn't come naturally to them it's 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 not how they spend their leisure time they right. they read for work and that's that's yeah it. well good for you well look um folks you can read uh, obviously a lot more about the kickstarter uh, at the link in the show notes which of course will include um if you miss the show notes if you just google Kickstarter, Sarah Eden, it pops up. If you go to kickstarter.com and search Sarah Eden, it pops up. Uh, and there's a little trailer. It's very cute. It's very, <laughs> it's it's a little cheesy and it's perfect that way. Yep. Like I, I watched it and I thought, this is fantastic. And it's got a little bit with John Lyde, uh, who is um, also involved. Is yeah, he's our director, fantastic producer, director. And, mm-hmm. and he's producer, got a, yep. and, he, and if you look him up on IMDb, you'll see all sorts of uh, great work he's done for a lot of years. Absolutely. Um, and of course you actually get to see these two leads. Uh, they're actually really clever. I think the way it's presented in this trailer. So <laughs> it's not a trailer for the film. It's a trailer for right. the Kickstarter. For the Kickstarter campaign. essentially. Yeah. Exactly. And if you watch this and it does not make you want to back the campaign and there's something, there's something wrong with your soul. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How could you possibly resist? <laughs> How could you resist? No, it's, it's very, very well done. And I'm, I'm very excited for you. It's you're well on your way. You're clearly, and again, people will be listening to this podcast for a long time to come, but as of uh, October 3rd, which is when this episode goes live, um, you are well over halfway. You're easily going to make the mark. So we're 
we're excited to see how how long this takes. And I know I'm not going to ask you because you had no idea, but it's going to be some time. So people that back the campaign don't expect that you're going to be buying a ticket and popcorn to this thing before the holidays. It doesn't oh, yeah. work that way. <laughs> nope. Um, but it will come and you and you will be there and you will see the movie and you'll be glad. And there's something and not just with this project, but anything on Kickstarter, any crowdfunding Anytime you get involved with something early, even if it's just an early investment in your Uncle Larry's Pizza Place, when you're involved early, you just feel like you own a little piece of this thing right. that your faith has has made this possible. And in the case mm-hmm. of seeing Persephone, that will absolutely be true. This film will happen because you believe in it and you exercise some faith right. and Sarah and the team. Um, and closing note here, I told my wife about this, Cody. And she immediately, she didn't even know the Kickstarter was happening. But as soon as I said that there was an adaptation coming, she was like, please, please, please be seeking Persephone. (laughs) True story. That's the one. She said, if that is not her most beloved novel that deserves to be a film first. um, Yeah. And in fact, I'm sure what you hope and what John hopes is that this maybe leads into a a whole universe of Sarah Eden movies coming from your work. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, yeah. The whole team. That's what we are kind of all secretly hoping for. We're telling ourselves, focus on this movie. But in the back of our minds are the Sarah Eden multiverse. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. If you want to be a part of the Sarah Eden multiverse, then you better get involved now in the Kickstarter. Again, links to all of Sarah's good work are in the show notes, her website, her Amazon to the Kickstarter. Um, And last question, if we're going to pick up something for the holidays that has your name on it, what is what is the Sarah Eden widget or book or audiobook or ebook that we should be buying this Christmas? Well, I tell everybody it kind of depends on what you like, which I know isn't a great sound bite, but I write a huge variety of stories. So if you like um stories that are funny, I've got very humorous ones. If you want deep depth, you know, dive into history, I've got that. If you want an adventure, I've got that. So my advice is generally go look through what I have. Look me up on Amazon, look me up on my, on my website and find what appeals to you. There's enough variety there that chances are you're going to find someone for every reader you're shopping for. Man, you have answered that question before, haven't you, Sarah? <laughs> I do well, ask that a lot. <laughs> I bet you do. Well, with, with 73 books and 744 still to come, uh, that question yeah. will only be asked more and more and more. <laughs> Thanks for giving us time. I know it's been a very busy day for you and we appreciate it. And I cannot wait to see where this Kickstarter ends up and to see just what is next from the, uh, we're going to, we're going to trademark Sarah Eden Multiverse. I like that. We should.